Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guide. Now, today I'm in Rayleigh at the headquarters of CLS Money with founder and CEO Clayton Shipton. Hello, Clayton. Hi, Pete. Now, your story is one that really fascinates me because you're one of those that had a corporate career before. Yeah. And you had a successful corporate career in finance. Mm. Why leave a successful career? Uh, well, um, I didn't, wasn't through choice, to be fair. It was because of the recession back in 2007. So I spent probably eight, nine years, sort of carved myself a bit of a, a, a career in financial services, made up myself to, to branch manager. Uh, then the crash happened in, in 2007, and that was it. Redundancy uh, sort of flushed through the whole of the industry and found myself looking for a job with no qualifications, but loads of experience like everyone else out there. But why then say, I'm going to work for myself? Um, again, uh, you know, for me, when I was redundant, I just I applying for jobs and realised that I had no qualifications. I, I decided that I wanted a career that was similar to what I'd done, which was at the time was, was loans and finance. Mortgages seemed like the next step, natural progression for me but you needed a qualification to be able to do that. So I just, in my own time, went away and did my CMAPs, which is the, the, the qualification you need to be able to do that. And then with no, I suppose with no real goal of, of where I would be the next year or, or next three or four years. And it wasn't to a, a colleague of mine or an ex-colleague of mine rung me up and said, I've just started a new, a new role, um, that he just said, you've got, you've, I heard you've got CMAPs, do you want to come along and, and, and work with us? So... For the initial first six months, I actually went and worked for another company uh, as a training mortgage broker. Okay. Why did you not stay there? <laughs> because after six months, I realised that I could do a better job than what they were doing uh, and put my managerial experience that I'd gained in the past uh, and practice into my own company whilst being a broker. And that's quite interesting because most people that start up as entrepreneurs, they don't have any managerial experience. Mm. So the fact that you had that management experience to a degree could have given you probably an inside advantage. Yeah, to be fair, it was a bit of a, you know, I flip it again. You know, I had all the experience of being a manager, but who was I managing? It was yourself. just it was myself. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I didn't really think about was when I took the leap from working for a company to doing it on my own, I knew I was a good broker. I knew I was good at sales. I knew I could build rapport with customers. I knew I could build a, a process or a checklist that I would stick to to keep myself um, in line with what I need to do on a daily basis. But then I had to work out, oh, I've got no leads. Where do I get my clients from? And so that's the bit I had to go back to, to basics and learn how to do. And how was your first couple of years as a mortgage broker working for yourself? Yeah, well, you know, I could be, I knew how to do sales. I knew how to sell mortgages. I knew how to run myself and motivate myself. What I had to learn was how to be the marketing person, how to um, do the admin side of stuff, the banking. So there was a lo loads more skills that I needed to learn. Um, but then I had the passion and the belief that, you know, and the motivation to do it myself and learn those, those new skills that I needed to learn. And to be fair, it was hard. You know, it was like working from home, getting up at seven o'clock in the morning, starting work at seven, finishing at eight o'clock at night. There'd be days where I would be, I'd get up in my dressing gown and I'd still be sitting there at one o'clock in my dressing gown still. 
uh, waiting to uh, or not having time to, to, to shower or, or eat breakfast or anything. So and that was two, three years of my life. Um, so yeah, so it was fun, it was exciting, but it's also quite scary. Hmm, I can imagine. And at which point did you sort of move to your first premises? Uh, so it took probably uh, probably after about three or four years. Um, and the, the, uh, well, actually, it was four years because the biggest driver for me was I was sitting at home. It was November. Uh, my partner at the time, we was due our first child in the January. And I thought, there's no way I can work from home uh, with a baby in the house. As much as I'd love to, you'd end up distracted and doing baby stuff instead of actually trying to knuckle down and earn some money. So that was a driver for me. And at the time, I'd, I'd moved into an estate agent's had a desk in there and worked with uh, worked out there from their leads and my own leads that I was generating. And then you got your own place. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably another year, two years down the line. So um, started to build a bit of a reputation. The company was just me. Um, and actually, funny story was that the estate agents that I worked with, they had a couple of apprentices on an apprenticeship scheme, learned about that, educated myself on that, um, decided after a lot of talk to and fro in my mind, if I could afford 400, 500 pound a month um, to go and get myself an apprentice, took the jump, got someone, doubled my business levels overnight just by having somewhere to take that strainer for me so I could do what I was best at, which was talking to new clients. And that's, a, that's really important because there are so many, I know there's about 5.6 million SMEs out there mm. and believe it or not, Around 4.2 million of them are one-man bands. Right. And they never made that transition. Mm. Now, how many years in were you when you made that transition to hire that apprentice? Yeah, five, six or so. So it took you five years. And that is the fact that also a lot of it's mental Mm. for you to then hire your first person. But then it took you out of one-man band status. Yeah. And you had someone that would support you and make you more productive. Mm. And then how long before you started to build your team after that? Well, yeah, well, to be fair, as soon as I got that one person, uh, that one administrator, it sort of spiraled from there, really. It's sort of, you know, there was too much business coming in for me to handle. Uh, took on another broker. Uh, that soon got followed up by another couple of admins. So for, once I got, once I took that leap of faith, probably in six months, we went from like just me to, to sort of four or five people. So because I could see, I it was almost like someone opened the door for me and I could see all this opportunity and uh, and people just I want to get more people on board and, and you know help me grow the business from the start and everyone at that stage would think it was all dandy and fine mm. what roadblocks did you hit at that stage because you grew your team quite quickly so what problems did that pose um, it's hard you know when you're when it's your own business you care about it so you know you go home you think about your business you wake up you think about your business when you've got people uh, people that are joining you they don't care as much as what you do but you get frustrated because you think why don't they care as much um, but I got quite lucky you know I, I, I the people that I hired I didn't hire them with experience I hired them with no experience I hired them based purely on their personality and if I liked them, if I liked them as a person and warmed to them, would my customers feel the same? Um, and we've kept that hiring strategy ever since the start. So, um, so yeah, so we've been lucky that way. Um, and I guess the the other sort of issues that we that I come across was that 
I knew how to manage my day, how would I manage their day or what did they, what support and what, what did they need to be able to do their job effectively? Um, and you try things and then you rip it up and you start again and you try something and you just got you just got to really just trust in yourself that in time you will get it right. The other part of it as well is that um, I used to spend so much time trying to crunching numbers to see if I could afford to do this or afford to, to, to not do this. And, you know, in the end, I just think, go with your gut. You know, if you, if you if it feels right and you think it's you think it's a good fit, you know whatever it might be, new computers, another staff member, a bigger office a prem, uh, office premises, use your gut. And I I spent way too much time. Even even the best probably bit of advice I could give a new a new business owner is don't go cheap. I've probably spent thousands and thousands of pounds on websites whereby I've tried the cheapest didn't like it, then got something better. And now I've gone for like the full shebang website. And actually I could have just cut all that pie at the start and just jumped straight to it. But the reality is you've also grown over that period of time. Yeah. So probably I can afford it. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So you obviously had your sort of five or six staff. Mm. How long did you stay at five or six staff? How long was you then at that level? Yeah. So we seem to just, we, Probably about about another year, I guess. Um, we sort of, I sort of come probably mentally to a bit of a roadblock. What did that look like? Um, honestly, I can't, I can't. I don't know. It's just a mental mind block, I guess. You know, just you sort of look back and reflect, and you think, "Oh my God, have I done the right thing?" You know, I'm now responsible not just for my own family and feeding them, but I'm now responsible for five other people. You know, if I'm not paying the bills, how are they, you know, so a lot of things go in your mind. And I guess as well, it's, it's, you, you, I was always ticking about what's important and trying to make sure, trying to focus on everything and actually not focusing on the main areas of my business that made the difference. Um, so I did sort of start for quite a while, probably just through fear, if anything else. So what was your what was your next growth after that? It was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I was fortunate to come into your life. Yeah. But for you, obviously, you were in that stuck point. What was it you wanted to achieve? Because actually your stuck point wasn't a bad place. So many entrepreneurs out there would have really, to get to your stuck point, would have been an absolutely amazing achievement for them. Mm. Why more for you? Uh, I just, you know, I just wanted to achieve more. You know, I never really had a, I never really had a, an end goal. You know, I didn't want to, you know, it wasn't like I want to, my own private aeroplane or a sports car. I just, I just had a burning desire inside to do more. And I sort of knew where I wanted to get, but it was hazy. And I didn't really know what the next step to take was or what to focus on. And, I needed that bit of guidance from someone um, to sort of help me work out a sort of roadmap of where to go, what's important, what's not important. I think, yeah, and I think you were where so many people are currently, Mm. where, because where you were going after that was a road that you've never, ever trodden before. Mm. It was a pathway that you've yet to see. Yeah. So actually knowing how how to walk that pathway is probably the most difficult thing. Yeah, t- yeah, totally. It's, uh, 
yeah, the best thing, you know, the, the, the best way to describe it for me being in the corporate world as well was that I, when I was a branch manager, I had an area manager that would come in once a month and they would look at what you'd achieved that month, any staff issues, any where's your, where's your strong sales, where's your weaknesses, what you work on. And I suppose that was what I was looking for when, obviously, I, I found GP. So, because that accountability is probably the best word to use for it. You know, someone that you could go to and, you, you know, you've never told me the answers. The answers are in my head. I've just got a million answers and you just pick out the, the right answers that I need. But that's the thing. If you look at it, I mean, you were talented anyway. So you had all the raw ingredients. Mm. It was just that someone to bounce off of. Yeah. And actually get clarity to your thoughts. Exactly. Clarity is the Because in all clarity. fairness, you've done this. Mm. It's not been me. Yeah. You've gone out there and everything that you've got today, mm. you've made happen. Mm. And from moving to the... I mean, you stayed in the shop for a short while after that. But then you, you took the really big jump mm. of going for a much bigger space. I mean... What was it, five or six times the space you had before? Yeah, yeah. I think we went from like 600 square foot to just short of 2,000 square foot. And that was scary, right? Yeah. And I remember the conversation that we had and it was, Pete, I've run out of space. I've got, I think I had four new starters due to start in the January. This was the November. And the conversation that we had was, I've got this little office suite. It's £400 a month. I've got four new people. Do I squeeze them in here? So we get to, I think it was 10 in this little room. Little sweatshop. Yeah, exactly. And But where, obviously where I lived, there was a farm and they had the, they did the converted containers. I said, oh, so I could put some in there. Um, but you'd thought back to my original conversation we had probably a year earlier was that my one of my dreams was that I'd like to see us in a big office in London. It's only half an hour down the road from us. So... Um, so you you sort of gave me the the confidence to sort of go and look for something a bit better. We've obviously come up with this office that we are in now. Um, it's not London, but it's a lovely office. Um, it's probably four or five times the cost of the sweatbox and the container. However, what it has given us is uh, a, a, a somewhere that we can all be proud of. People walk into and go, "Wow!" Um, and it it's it's a cost. However, probably the return on that cost is second to none. Do you know what's really interesting as well, though? Because like when you first had it, you were rattling around in here. Mm. You had so much space. But it's like anything, a fish will grow to the size of its tank. Mm. And coming in here today, guess what? Yeah. Your organisation has grown mm. to the size of your office. Yeah. And so- that's, the, that's the other thing as well. You know, we probably the, the last office we had, we got an office for our size. And... When we moved into here, we, we got an office to grow into, not for our needs there. It was where where do we want to be in two, three years' time? Let's get an office that we we can have spare desks, but we can grow into it. And do you know what's a great kicker? Because if you've got spare desks, it's always in the front of your mind. How can we get more people? How can we grow? How can we how can we, you know, make our business bigger? You know you're moving again, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna tell me. <laughs> you're gonna have to. So you, you look at it and you, in all fairness, your business has had exceptional growth. Mm. If you take the last three years, you have really grown your business. What are the sort of top five things that you have done to make that possible? Oh, top five things. Well, not even top five, your top things that you have done that really made that growth possible. Uh, you know, I suppose for me... 
the top things I've done is I've continued to hire people on personalities and you know their drive and wanting to work for CLS as opposed to wanting a job, so they want a career. Mm-hmm. Um, people that have no experience that you're prepared to put time into and train up, they will work their socks off for you because they're getting something big in return. Um, so that's a major factor for us, and we've been lucky enough that we've got a higher staff retention rate, um, and everyone out there is CLS through and through. They enjoy working here, they're proud to work here, um, and I, they all believe, and they have, a long, a long career in front of them. So that's that's a really good thing for us. Um, and I guess investing, just in putting, you know, putting back investment into the company. We've we've invested in, you know, like I said, we're on a top notch uh, website. We've got our, we've built our own bespoke CRM, which was a massive cost for us, a massive investment, but it's really reduced our processing times. The one thing I want to add to this, yeah, because a lot of people see the successful entrepreneur. And they think it's okay for them loads of money. Mm. But you've not been the highest earner in your own business, have you? No. For a number of years. Mm. In fact, you were earning more money for yourself personally when you were by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that is the key that actually you have massively put into that business. And that's what's probably allowed you to grow the way you have. Mm. And you've not been scared to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And a lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah, Yeah, totally. You know, I could, you know... If I, didn't, if I didn't invest in that CRM, I could be driving about in a, in a Lamborghini. You know, I could be going on nice holidays. But I've kept my feet on the grounds of, you know, I've, I've tried to keep myself humble, I guess, and still be the hardest working person here. I've not taken my foot off the gas. And I think that's been a big part of your success is the fact that you've shown your people you're willing to invest in them. Mm. And that's why when we walked in here earlier, the bus here yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. Your people know that you care. Yeah. And I... And, the other thing is you invest in developing your people mm. and that is huge yeah totally yeah yeah well in the day you know they're, they're the what do we, we don't, you don't want people that are going to come to work and not be happy you know if they're coming to work they enjoy it they can see themselves they've got a future and you're actually they can see that you're investing time in them there's no reason wanting to go anywhere else. And it's a lot cheaper to retain staff than Absolutely. it is to, to get new staff and train them in. So, you know, that that's worked well for us. And they can see that and they believe it. And we, we live by that. And I know it's easy to say that, but actually... You can do. feel it. Yeah. And we work, we're it. working on stuff at the moment with a, with, with a guy, a, a well-known sales trainer. And again, to improve them as people, um, just to make them better. So... They get the same out of it. And you know what's interesting? They're not doing a bad job. But it's not about even doing a bad job or doing a great, good job. You want everyone doing a great job. You mm. want to be out there as the best. And that is really interesting that when you've got that kind of burning desire, mm. that really does transform a business. Yeah. And it's all about them guys. I don't talk to... I don't... I don't I'm not a mortgage broker no more. You know, I, uh, they're the guys that are talking to our customers. Uh, they're the ones that are doing it day in, day out. And... You know, for me, it's for us as a business, it's all about communication and the customer. And, you know, the best yardstick for me is our reviews. You know, and if if we're constantly getting five star reviews, then I know they're doing a great job. Um, and it's great to see. And obviously the outcome for the customer is obviously is obviously the best outcome as well. Now, how many years have you been in business? Uh, nine years. So since Nine years. This is really important. Because when people go into business... 
I think they get caught up too much in the hype that it's going to be really easy and you're an overnight success. Mm. And it's been the last three years that I've seen you really take off. Yeah. So it's taken you up, it's taken you between years seven and nine to really start motoring. Yeah. And it's important for people to understand that, that you are going to bitch yourself out, you are going to work hard. Yeah. And you know what it's like. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not, you know, it, it, it's, you know, you do the networking events and stuff like that. And it makes me laugh when you see people, their business card, it says CEO. You know, oh, how many people we got working here? It's, like, it's just me. And I think too many people worry about the stuff that's not important. The title, I'm a director, I'm this. And it's just like, no, strip it back. What what do you do? My mortgage advisor, you know, and you're just, the success will come later on. The reason why we've motorised so, or gone so much in the last couple of years is because We've got a momentum going now, you know. Once you've got that, once you've got going, and you've and you've got it up to there, it, it's not you know it's not easy, but it's a lot easier than what it is at the start. But you're now doing the job you should be doing. You're doing the job of a leader for the business. Mm. And the interesting thing is, you're no longer doing stupid shit. Yeah, which is one of the things that people really get they get caught up in doing the stuff that really isn't going to grow the business but just keeps them busy, Yeah. but keeps them stuck. So if you were to give any entrepreneur listening in today a piece of advice, what would it be? What would be your one piece of advice for anyone in business? Uh, well, you just I think you just hit now on the head. You know, if you're, whatever you do, if you're a plumber or a mortgage advisor or um, a singer or something like that, stick to what you do. You know, stick to your, your core experience and, and do that. Don't busy yourself being trying to think of the next marketing idea or, you know, building your own website. Let a website designer do your website for you. You know, let a, a social media person do your social media. If you're a plumber and you want more business, go out, be a be a plumber, you know, give great customer service and you'll just grow it like that. And then once you get to a, a certain size, you can then hire someone else, a trainee, someone that's no experience, train them to be like you and then you leave leveraging it then aren't you and then you can just keep going from there play to your strengths exactly well thank you so much for your time today it's been absolutely a pleasure for those of you there in business probably see a few things that resonate with you let me know in the comments below what is it that you've heard today or seen today that really you can resonate with what have your experiences been like in business where have you succeeded where are you stuck and most importantly, make sure that you take the right action and move forward. There is no such thing as an overnight success, as you've seen from Clayton. It's been nine years, but if you're prepared to put the work in, have the patience and tenacity, and believe in put back yourself, it is true, you can achieve the results. It's that perseverance. Yeah. Thank you very much, Thank Clayton. you. Cheers, Clayton.